Have you ever heard the phrase, a picture paints a thousand words? Sometimes, things that are difficult to explain verbally can be better understood when depicted visually. Jesus often spoke using parables. These stories share spiritual truths using pictures of familiar things in our world. A mustard seed, a rebellious child, a wedding banquet, a lost coin. In the same way, God gives illustrations throughout scripture that point to the central message of his holy word. He promised and sent us a savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's gaze with wonder at some of those illustrations and renew our hearts and joy through our savior Jesus. In the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter three, we're told that God created two perfect humans called Adam and Eve. Not long after they were created, they disobeyed God's command and brought the corruption of sin into the world. When God gave the first promise of the Savior, he spoke to Satan, the tempter, who was in the form of a serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. The promised Savior would be born for mankind. God paints a picture of this offspring of Eve's crushing Satan and all his power underfoot. But the serpent is not only a picture of our problem of sin. Later in the Old Testament, there is a time when the Israelites were plagued of poisonous snakes and dying from their bites because of their rebellious sin. God commanded Moses to make a snake of bronze and hang it on a pole before the people. God promised that all who looked to this snake would be spared from death. Jesus recalls this event in the book of John chapter three. He shows how it points to the time when he himself would be hung on a cross to save all people. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world,
after the fall, Adam and Eve's family grew and began to fill the earth. Many years later, God appeared to their descendant Abraham and promised him that his descendants would number as many as the stars in the sky and sand on the seashore. God also promised that the Savior would be born from his family. But a little while later, God asked Abraham to do the unthinkable, something that seemed to contradict God's earlier promise to Abraham. God asked him to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and put on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife for the... And then, as they went on together, Isaac spoke out and asked his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here. But Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Isaac did not die that day. As Abraham was about to sacrifice his son, God stopped him and provided a ram in substitute for Isaac. Each one of us can never make a sufficient sacrifice for the sins we commit. Staring eternal death in the face, we see in 1 Peter that God himself provides his son to make the necessary sacrifice for our salvation. Jesus' perfect life provides the perfection we are unable to achieve on our own. Jesus' suffering on the cross at Calvary pays the price for our every sin. As God the Father rightfully raises his hand to kill each of us for our sins, He stops himself and provides his own son as our substitute to die in our place. Listen as the Apostle Peter explains. Jesus committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. of Abraham was Jacob, who God gave the name Israel. His descendants were the nation of Israel and were enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. 
God used the nation's exodus from Egypt as yet another illustration that points to our Savior, the Lamb of God. The night before the Israelites were freed from slavery, God gave the following instructions to Moses. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood of the lamb and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they are to eat the lambs. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. The blood of the slaughtered lamb protected the Israelites from the righteous wrath of God. Centuries later, John the Baptist, who is Jesus' cousin, pointed to Jesus as the perfect sacrifice, whose blood would cleanse the world from their sins. Recalling the final plague of Egypt and the blood of the, of the lamb by which God's people were saved from death, John points to Jesus with these words. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world.
After delivering his people from slavery in Egypt, God led the nation of Israel to the land of Canaan, which had been promised to Abraham. Here Israel would become a great nation. They would be ruled one day by King David. The prophet Isaiah tells us that King David's father, Jesse, would be the stump from which the branch of the promised Savior would come forth.
finally, the time came for the Savior to come to earth, for the Messiah to be made man, for the promised and prophesied one to be born and placed in a manger. Isaiah clearly shows us this is no ordinary baby. He came from the majesty of heaven and became like us, human, born of a virgin. He is God with us, Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God! Everlasting Father. Shout 
Luke chapter 2, angels proclaim the long-awaited Savior of the world to shepherds watching their sheep just outside of Bethlehem. The messages and the messengers were a spectacular sight and sound, but the Messiah would be found seemingly helpless and in a lowly place. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be a great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The shepherds were filled with joy and responded immediately. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this great thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger.
But the grave couldn't hold him Our God is overcome Let heaven and nature sing This is our King From heaven to the cradle From cradle to the cross Let heaven and nature sing This is our King But the grave couldn't hold Savior would be meaningless had he not completed the work he came into the world to accomplish. Jesus himself pointed to his own death and resurrection when he talked with the Pharisees and teachers of the law about the sign of Jonah. Satan's power underfoot and proclaimed victory over death, not just for himself, but for all who place their trust in him. Paul writes to the believers in Corinth to assure them that through the resurrection of Christ Jesus, they too will live eternally with him in heaven. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first sense that death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, in Christ all will be made alive. 
From beginning to end and everywhere in between, God illustrates pictures that point to his son, Jesus, the King of Kings, who came down from heaven and was born in a lowly manger. He became one of us. He lived perfectly in our place. He suffered the consequences of our sins. He completed the work of our salvation in his resurrection. Because of all this, we are guaranteed victory over sin and death and promised eternal joy in heaven where we will join together to sing the praises of the King of Kings forever. What did the angels sound like? that first Christmas night. As they delivered their message, did the ground beneath the shepherd's feet reverberate? As they shouted their praises, did it sound like loud rushing waters or peals of mighty thunder? When the angels brought the good news of our Savior's birth to those shepherds that first Christmas night, Surely the shepherds had never heard anything like that before. As they cried out, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests, the angels sang a new song. This morning, likely, much of the music has sounded a little new to you as well. New harmonies, new wording, a lot of new voices from our school children new instrumentation, but most importantly, the songs today have been what Psalm 96 invites. We'll begin with verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Although this psalm was located in the Israelite hymnal, this new song is really for everyone, for all nations, every individual, even for all creation itself. Let heaven and nature sing, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. After all, this creation that is now in bondage to decay will one day, by the Lord, be set free into glory? We praise the Lord's name not simply by repeating his name over and over, but by recounting who he is and what he has done for us. The Lord, he is the unchanging God who keeps all of his promises. He sent the offspring of the woman to crush the serpent's head. It is the ultimate antidote to all the devil's lies and his murderous venom. The Lord, he preserved the offspring of Abraham that would bless all nations so that through him, you and I are children of Abraham with the same faith as our father Abraham. The peace of the Lord rules in our hearts because of the eternal king, the descendant of David, the Lord followed through and sent. The king laid to rest in a manger throne. You and I, most of us, have heard this encouragement, this invitation to sing a new song to the Lord so many times. Yet, days go by, or weeks, maybe even months, 
where we don't speak at all of his marvelous deeds. The Lord's name is taken in vain, often more than it is given the praise that he deserves. The busyness and the activity of the season crowds out the announcing of the salvation of our Lord. Yet all who remain silent here will hear weeping and gnashing of teeth for all eternity. All who remain underwhelmed by his glory here and now will be overtaken by destruction when he comes again in glory. Everyone who refuses to share the Lord's name with others will not share a home with him for eternity. Theirs will be the unending song of cries for mercy falling on deaf ears away from you. I never knew you. Yet today is proclaimed to you salvation. Jesus, the Lord saves. He was born in Bethlehem to save you, to save you from your sadness by his suffering on the cross, to save you from destruction by his death outside of Jerusalem, to save you from eternal eviction because he was forsaken by God in our place. Jesus took on human flesh so that he could take all of our sinful silence and all of our half-hearted praise, take it to Calvary, and leave it there. Jesus was born in time to save you for eternity. Jesus gasped his first breath outside of the womb so that you and I are saved to live and praise the Lord with every breath. Jesus was wrapped in strips of cloth so that you would be wrapped in him and his righteousness through faith. He was laid to rest in a manger so that you would have the ultimate rest, the forgiveness of sins, rest for your soul. So whether you sing an old classic, Joy to the World or Silent Night, or a newer song like Manger Throne that the choir just sang, sing to the Lord a new song. Proclaim his salvation day after day. It's new every morning because our need for his salvation is new every day. It's new joy for us because his mercies are new every morning. It's all based on the new covenant in his blood, Jesus' blood, all by grace. Nothing you and I could ever do to deserve it or earn it. Sing a new song to the Lord. Proclaim his salvation day after day throughout this Christmas season and into 2024. Merry Christmas from us here at St. Paul's. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>